Would you turn to 1 John chapter 1? 1 John chapter 1. We've entitled our series, The Joy of Knowing. The Joy of Knowing. As we introduced it last, uh, last uh, two weeks, actually, uh, and if we've seen what John is writing here, we saw that he's writing as an eyewitness of things that he saw. And so he, together with those other disciples, he speaks for them and said that we saw the Savior, we saw him, we touched him, we heard him. And we have this wonderful news to proclaim to you that he is the eternal life. This is the Savior, the, the Christ, the Messiah. He says, what we have seen in verse 3, what we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write, so that our joy may be made complete. And so he writes for the joy, the joy of knowing God, the joy of knowing fellowship with God and with each other. And for knowing what God has written to us and what God has given to us, so that we may have joy in our God. Let's bow for prayer, and then we'll dive in to verses 5 through 7. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for who you are, the power of your might. So, Father, we come today knowing that we need your grace to understand. And, Father, my words may fall away, but your word is eternally and undeniably strong and powerful, it will not fall away. It will never go away. It exalts you. It glorifies you. And Father, it teaches us. And so may we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, understand today. May we act upon it. May we not come and look at ourselves and the Word and then go away, but may we respond in such a way that brings you glory. Thank you for who you are for what you have done in our lives. For it's in Christ's name I pray to you. This morning, I'm going to start a little differently. Often I set up the the question of the passage. I said, here's what the passage is dealing with. Sometimes some, um, those who uh, teach you how to pray, call it the fallen condition focus. What does the passage tell us about our fallen condition? And then how does the passage answer that through God and his word? Well, this morning, I'm going to let you kind of filter that through your mind, and we're going, to, we're going to pull it back at the end and give you the understanding of what God is saying, but I want you to search for it. What is this passage speaking to me about my heart and my life and how I should respond? Verse 5, we'll begin. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. In him. The eyewitness has a message. John the eyewitness has a message for us. And this message is a message that they must hear, that we must hear as he has written for us. And that the message is, in the message is the implied obligation to understand, but also to act upon this. And this message is that, that God is light. Now of all the things that John could have said, because he's already introduced the Father, the Son the word of life, but he introduces this, the message that we have heard from him, that means him being Jesus. We heard this from Jesus, 
and we announce or we report to you, we proclaim to you this message, God is light. Does that mean that God is really bright? Well, it does say that he dwells in unapproachable light. But what John is getting to is not that he is uh, light as far as what we see with our visible eyes, light versus darkness, but it is the inherent quality of God. So this message that he is sending, in fact, it's interesting because John doesn't say or use the word for gospel, but he uses the word message throughout this book and in several occasions, and he gives that, and that really is John's shorthand, this message, God is light. God is light. So what does that mean? Well, there's a positive aspect and there's a negative aspect. The positive is this light is used as a metaphor to describe the inherent nature of God. This nature of God. God is the subject. Light, without an article here, is the predicate nominative. It is not that God gives light or has light, but God is light. John is setting a foundation for who God is and is giving us the understanding that God is not just a giver of light, and he is, but God himself is light. So what is he trying to say? Well, when he says God is light, he is talking about the purity of this one. That God has purity. The theologians sometimes call this uncreated light. Uncreated light, meaning that God was not created. It wasn't that someone or something brought him to about, but he is the uncreated he never had a beginning. He never has an end. He is uncreated light. In Genesis 1, 3 through 5, God creates light. Psalm 118, 27, God has given us light. And what John wants us to understand, this concept of light illustrates for us the understanding of God and His purity, His holiness, and His transcendence. And to to contrast this, to give us a better understanding of God's light, he says, but in him is no darkness at all. And he uses a double negative. No darkness, not never. Or in him is no darkness, not at all. To say, here is the contrast, and it is contrasting as we could ever think of in our minds of a contrast. The holiness and purity of God, transcendent God, and darkness, and darkness for us, speaks of of sin. Of that which is not of the quality of light of purity. It's anything that doesn't meet the standard of God. And in God, there is no chance of darkness. Not one little bit is there a chance of God being darkness. We cannot assign to God evil motives or evil intent or evil thoughts. He is always just. He is always pure. He's absolutely pure. God, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing to the Roman church when he says in, in, in Romans 1, 22, he talks of, of the world and those who profess to be wise. He says, professing to be wise, they became fools, fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man, of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. It's funny how we exchange the glory 
of God for something else. In our humanness. So the message is God is light. In him is no darkness. Nothing at all. No darkness. And, and John will set up, and we'll look at two of these today, three conditional statements, if we say, if we say, if we say. We're going to look at the first two and understand the results or the ramifications that God is light. Because we can say God is light, and we can leave it sitting right here, but we, we really can't. Because if we say God is light, there are ramifications on us. There's a result that we must act out and live out because of the light giving, but the light bearing, the light being God. So let's begin in verse 6 there. If we say that we have fellowship with him, let's stop here because fellowship is a word that we've studied this year, particularly for several messages we talked about the fellowship, the word koinonia. But if we say we have fellowship with him, if we have participating and sharing with God, yet, yet we walk in darkness... We lie and do not practice the truth. So, God is light. And so, as, I, as a human, if I say, you know what, God, I, we're, I'm in fellowship with God. And not to be irreverent, but in the language of today, we're tight. We're fellowshipping. We're together. Okay? We're participating. We're, we're, we're together. But if I say that, however, I'm not living it. I'm walking in darkness. I'm lying. I'm lying if you say that, but yet you're walking in that dark way, you are lying and not practicing the truth, and basically not doing the truth, like I'm practicing like a, a, a not as a, if, if one of our musicians are practicing, but I'm not doing, I'm not living out this truth. So John sets up a conditional statement here. If I, have, if I say, and it's easy to say, isn't it? Yeah. Boy, yeah, God and I are fellowshipping. But my life says something different. And understand, um, a lot of the gospel, uh, the, the New Testament writers use the word walk, the Greek word walk, to, to really give us an idea of our living out life. Okay? Our, our walking around, our living of life. If I say, I fellowship, but I'm, the way I'm walking... What I'm doing is in darkness. I'm lying. Well, so you see, what do you what do you mean by that? Well, I'm pretending that everything is okay. I'm saying everything's okay, but I'm living a different way. Do you know that no matter how much you and I claim fellowship with God, our action, our living out, really illustrates whether or not what we say is true. You know, we can come to a service like this and we can sing of the great and mighty power of God and that God has all things in His hands and, and that he, he knows the plans for us and we can do all of that and we can say it and sing it. But yet, if we are living another way, we are lying as, even as the words leave our lips. Well, Stacey, I thought John was a nice person. Well, John is nice, but he's very real and truthful with us. We can't say we have fellowship with God, if we're, and yet we are wandering around in places online and otherwise we shouldn't go. We're scrolling through Tinder and, and other things like that that we have no business of being through on our phones and our digital 
if we're doing the things, thinking those things, we're belying the fact that we say one thing, but we're doing another. Our life does not equal our words. You know, you and I have, we have a responsibility as believers to keep from walking in darkness. So John, speaking to believers, you and me, if we've come to knowledge of Jesus Christ, if we've been saved by grace through faith, if we've come to that, you and I must guard ourselves. We must not walk in darkness. We must not walk in that way. We must understand that God is light. Those He has brought into communion and fellowship with Him should be walking in light, not darkness. And the lie that we tell ourselves is that this is better than God, who is eternal, who is light, He is wonderful, He is pure in all His ways. Somehow this is better? And yet we see people who have walked this way of darkness, and we wonder why their lives in such shambles and mess, and we want to follow them? John says, don't lie. Don't lie. Instead, practice the truth of living out in light of God. Can't worship and praise on Sunday. We're living out a different life. Verse 7, he continues though. He says, but if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If God is light, and we are walking in the light, as indeed God is in his light, there are certain things. You see, the the walking in the light of God is, is incredible. Now, we are told a lie that is not. But watch this. As I mentioned earlier, in 1 Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy, uh, speaking of, of God, of Jesus, who is the, is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, of, uh, speaking of God, to him be honor and glory and dominion. John uses this as, a, as an ethical fashion of how we walk in light. But what does this mean? What does it mean to walk in this light as he himself is in the light? How do we live that out? Well, John 3, if you want to turn there, John 3, I won't have it on the screen, but John three nineteen and 21 gives us some insight. And John, um, and you'll, if you've uh, read through the Gospel of John, you'll see oh, the proximity is pretty close to um, to to where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. John um, nineteen, John three nineteen. So this is the judgment that the light has come into the world. Who's this light? Is Jesus? Okay, and does not come to the. Uh, um, for everyone who does evil, let me back up to 19, um, come into the world, the men love the darkness rather than light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for the fear that his, his deeds will be exposed. But he, he who practices the truth comes to the light 
so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. See, walking in the light is practicing these deeds that God has set forth in his word. He's given us there. So we're walking, we're living out the things that God has given to us. So, Paul, so, so John, coming back to John, uh, 1 John, John is saying if we walk in the light, then there are going to be certain ramifications of this. This walking of light, first of all, we have fellowship one with another. Now, it's interesting because of all the things he could have said here, maybe he could have gone back to the first, uh, second verse, third verse, and say, well, that fellowship was with God. But understand what John is saying here. We now have fellowship with one another. And if we take back a step back and understand John is writing to a people who are dealing with those who were in the church and now leaving the church and saying, I don't need the church body. I don't need those people. So they're leaving them and going off of their own way, seeking a higher knowledge or a higher plane. Remember, we talked about this being the early roots of Gnosticism. There's some special word or some special knowledge that we're looking for. But they're saying they're leaving. And so John is connecting this. He's saying that those who walk on the light have fellowship with one another. They have this fellowship. Fellowship of believers, it's a sharing, it's the participation of koinonia, it's a contribution, this contributing together. See, walking in the light has a benefit, has a, you enjoy the privileges or you enjoy the blessing of fellowship with other believers. That's an important thing. It's interesting that God uses this body he's put together of imperfect people, a church, local church, and different places, different local churches that make up the universal church, how he uses local assemblies together to build believers. Now, all churches have flaws. How do I know that? Well, I have flaws, and I'm in this church. So the church has flaws, all right? That's how I know. We're broken, sinful people in need of daily grace from Christ, aren't we? And even in that, God understanding of who we are and how we live and how we sin and yet need grace again, He chose to put us together in close proximity with each other. That we might one another each other. We might take care of each other and encourage each other. And sometimes, yes, rebuke each other. I need that. And you need that. When people come and speak into our lives and say, brother, sister, I'm not sure what's going on there, but could you help me understand? Or I'm praying for you because you've lost your joy. It seems to be something in your life. That is the work that God has intended to happen in the body. And he says the benefit of this, of those who walk in light, those who walk in this light have fellowship and, and participation and, and, and this sharing with one another. And that is a blessing. And he says an additional thing is, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses, uh, his son cleanses us from all sin. And so he uses these things 
the fellowship. And then he comes and uses blood. He could have said grace, mercy, those things. The grace of God cleanses. No, the blood. Why? I believe John wanted us to understand the violent death caused the reconciliation of us to God. And it is the blood of Christ shed for us that cleanses, that purifies our sin. See, I think sometimes in our day we forget that Christ's blood that was shed for us not only cleanses us in salvation in the beginning of our walk with God, but is that which cleanses us in the sins as we confess. I say we forget this because I wonder if we would, if we would run from God so often if we remembered that it was His blood that was spilled, that was shed, to cleanse us from sin. Because if we understand that it's far from being, oh, free grace, do whatever you want, because God's blood, we would understand and feel the pain and sorrow of our Savior because of our sin. And notice he says it cleanses us from all sin. All sin. When this, when this small phrase really grips our heart, When it really comes to the point of, of digging in deep, it, it has the effect of changing us and how we live. Because living, walking, as, as John writes and as Paul writes, of living out a life as a follower of Christ is not about checking off a box or doing these things so that People look on us with great favor. It's understanding the price that was paid for our sin. It was understanding that it was Christ's lifeblood that was shed for us. And so is that blood that cleanses us from all sin. We are not sinlessly perfect after salvation. Paul writes, uh, in his letter to the Corinthians, he said, you know, the things that I would do, I don't. And the things I would not do, I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man, who will deliver me from the, this body, the burden of sin that's upon me and my body? Then he says, but thanks be to God, He's given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That totally changes when we understand of what God has done for us, how we live. Walking in the light takes on a, a whole new different prospect. It's not just about doing things that we want to do good. It's about living in such a way that glorifies God, that, brings, that reflects that light to, to Him. It's allowing Him to work in our hearts, and, and sometimes He'll put His finger on things in my life, and I think, you know, I'm all good. I'm good. And then Jesus kind of, works with the power of his word and puts his finger on something else. I'm like, ooh, I'm not so good. I'm not so good. And I have to go running to Christ for his forgiveness. You know, 
a group of believers who walk in the light. And the way that John describes it is a, is a powerful group of believers. Not powerful in strength and might in their own right, or, or powerful in such that they, they command great respect, but they're powerful in the sense that they follow God with an honesty and a, and a transparency that allows Christ to look in their lives, and God can use a person like that. He can use a body of believers like that who allow themselves to be open and spread out before God so that He might work and use them and place them in places that they never thought possible so that He might receive glory. That they might reflect the light of Christ in their lives. And they might, through fellowship with other believers, show the power and the might, the grace and mercy of Christ. This is walking in the light. This is who it is, what it is to be a believer, to be purified, to be freed from the bondage of sin. So the consequences, the ramifications of walking in the light is a fellowship with one another, and it's the cleansing of Christ's blood in our hearts and lives. And John said, we lie. We lie if we say we have fellowship. Yet we're doing the exact opposite. So this is the point where you look at the passage and ask the Holy Spirit how it applies to you. Can I be real with you for a moment? We all have the potential to fake it. In fact, some of the reasons we are disillusioned with people, we're upset with people because they're faking it. They're just, as it were, phoning it in. And they say, man, I got that, I got that fellowship. I got that light. Uh-huh. Everything's great. And when we see, and when we see things that, that are not, that doesn't match, we understand they're lying to us. We understand that they're walking in darkness, but we also have to understand that we have the same propensities to do the same thing. And before we cast stones and shoot arrows, that's us too. Oh, Stacy, I would never do that. Mm-hmm. It's us. We we can, boy, we can make people think that, oh, great. Man, I praise God good today. And then we walk out and use a Christian curse word on the person who cuts us off. We're hot and bothered because of something that just irritates us. How dare they? <laughs> Who are you? Who am I to be offended? And it's easy. So how do you respond to this? How do you and I respond? You know, number one, I think it's, it's time to be ruthless with our sin. It, it really does. Because 
If we say, verse 6, we have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice sin. Be ruthless. Root out sin. Don't coddle it. We also have the tendency to have our pet sins. Take this, God, but this is kind of nice. I like this. Be ruthless. Allow Christ to do major surgery on your heart. Be ruthless with the sin. But secondly, verse 7 tells us we're to live out that light. Live out that light. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other and the blood of Jesus Christ, Jesus his son, cleanses us from all sin. See, this walking is living day by day to live in the light and live out the light. Since God is light, since He is unparalleled pure to you and I must live out the light in which we live in. And that is how people see and know that we are a follower of Christ, that we live what we say. There is no inconsistency in what we say and how we live. We live it out. We suffer the reproach of all men for the cause of Christ. We are long-suffering. We are forbearing. We, we are Matthew, in the Beatitudes, Matthew 5. We allow ourselves to be, to be humble and meek and gentle because we are not representing ourselves. We're representing Christ. We're walking in Him. We are saying we have fellowship in Him. We're living out the light that we say we live in. And so what is it the passage is saying to you? And the firm commitment that every time we open God's word, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he has something for us there of encouragement, yes, Often of a rebuke. This morning we have the encouragement that we can walk in Christ. We have the encouragement that we can have our sins forgiven because there are times when we think that, boy, Christ is not going to forgive this sin. It's really bad. I've really disappointed him. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses from all sin. And the encouragement for you this morning and for me this morning is it does, encourage, it does cleanse, it does purify. And the encouragement this morning is I can walk by the power of God. I can live in light. I can walk in light instead of walking in darkness because I have the power of Jesus. Believer, since God is light, live in the light and live out the light. Let's bow for prayer. Gracious God, I pray that you would, by your strength and grace, work in hearts. Father, it is not what I have said, it is what your word has said. So would you change us from the inside out by your Holy Spirit when we come to be changed. Father, would you work in hearts as only you can. May your Holy Spirit change us. 
in Christ's name I pray. Amen.